0: The Old Testament reading for this third Sunday of Easter is recorded in Hosea, chapter 6, beginning the first verse.
1: Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us, that we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth.
0: Here ends the Old Testament. The epistle reading is recorded in Colossians chapter 3, beginning the first verse.
1: Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here ends the epistle. We stand in honor of the Holy Gospel.
0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 24, beginning the 13th verse. Glory be to thee, O Lord. This is the account of the afternoon What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, And how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what is said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. Here ends the Holy Gospel. Okay. Everybody who's under four feet tall, or thereabouts, I'm going to show you a trick this morning. Any big people want to learn a trick? No, Daryl, not press the digitation. I want all of you to do this. I'm going to make circles with my hands. Going opposite directions. Watch carefully. There we come, yeah, go ahead, big people try that too. acolyte, try it too okay, I see yeah not this way, <laughs> this way, see I. Yeah, see, even you big people, all I see you doing is this or this. You're going the same direction. The disciples going to Emmaus were doing something that they had done before. They doubted everything. They didn't believe that Jesus was risen even though it was the third day. And you, Oh, you can try it all day if you want to. I can almost guarantee you'll fail. So I have to come to you and give you a special word of instruction only God's word can tell you about Jesus only my word is going to show you how to do this think of a piece of paper and you tear it opposite direction piece of paper opposite direction you do that for a while but don't tear up the paper Sunday paper. See? I go opposite. Isn't that easy? Opposite. Why that's important is if you think of that and practice it enough, watch. Think of tearing paper. Tear the paper. Just come around. Tear the paper. Just come around. Don't think too much. Tear the paper. Just come around. Try it you have to practice a little bit. Tear the paper nice and slow and come around. Still not easy, is it? But I gave you the special word by which you can do it. Now, what you have to do is practice, practice, practice. Right? Tear the paper, come around. See? Nothing to it. Did you try again? Nope. So once you get used to it, you can do it unthinkingly. And if you practice, you'll be able to amaze all of your friends and neighbors and all the kids at school. How's that? Okay, you can go back again. I gave you the special word. sanctify them by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. (coughs) Paul's letter to the Colossians is giving us equally important and, I dare say, secret information that the world doesn't know. We have new life because of Jesus rising from the dead. But for most of us, we don't exactly know what that means in its fullness. Some of you might do this when you hear the Trinity, the invocation. Don't think that you have mined the depths of the blessings of baptism just because you do this. I encourage you to do that as Luther did. The small catechism tells us we should do it as we get up in the morning and before we go to bed at night reminding us that we have been baptized. So what? What does that mean? For most people, it's just something that happened in the past. We fail to recognize that it's supposed to be something that gives us blessings every single day, even when we're crying and not feeling so good. This text from Colossians. If you look at it, it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. You have been raised with Christ. He is not talking poetically here. He's talking about a reality. When did you get raised with Christ? Where is the reality of your new resurrection to a new life? The clue, the special word is, it happens in baptism. If you understand that truth and begin seeing that by that power, God's power, your life can be very much different and that you can actually be empowered by God's power to push aside some of the old ways of doing things, You will then begin to see the meaning of baptism. Your homework is to look at the fourth section in the small catechism about baptism. What does baptism mean or signify? Luther talks about that we should by daily contrition and repentance have the old Adam in us be drowned, that he should die together with all sins and evil lusts. And again, a new man, arise that is arises from the dead to live before God in righteousness if you leave out baptism as the power for a new life I give you a warning you are going to turn into a pietistic legalist for if you think by your own strength and power and willpower you can do the things listed in Colossians chapter 3 You're a complete fool. We are a lot like moths. Besides being disgusting creatures, moths are always drawn to light and fire. Without the power of baptism without recognizing that God's power has to rescue us, we would dive in toward that light, that fire, and stay there. I'm not going to do that. That's not possible. But one of the first blessings of baptism is the assurance of the forgiveness of sins. You can read about that on Acts chapter 2 when Peter gives the first Christian sermon When they ask, what are we supposed to do? Peter says, get up and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise. That means the entire fullness of promise, of new life in Christ, is yours. Children, do not do this at home. Although I've had some adults tell me over the years, just don't do this. By the power of baptism, which first assures us of forgiveness, we may continue to be drawn to the fire like an old moth. But we don't stay there. Watch. That's a real flame. It's not mirrors. Daryl, it is not presidigitation. My fingers are passing through the flame. I get a black hand after a while, but I do not stay there. As I move on past the flame, that's showing the power of forgiveness. I don't stay in a sin. I leave it behind. By whose power? Certainly not ours. We have no ability or strength. In Romans chapter 7, it talks about the difficulty of sin. The sin I would not, that I continue to do, that evil. And the good I would do, I do not. That's our situation based on our own ability and strength and willpower. Only baptism begins to give us the strength to go past our sin. We may slide into it every day, but we come just as more quickly out of it. Were any of you paying attention when I was singing the Hallelujah verse? Hopefully you were, but since I know human nature, that many of you weren't paying attention, I'll remind you of it. In Christ you were circumcised in the stripping away of the sinful nature not a piece of skin, the old sinful nature. This is circumcision talk. Not with the circumcision done by the hands of men, but by the circumcision done by Christ. That's a way of describing the old life being stripped away. And what is this? Being buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God. A fuller statement is made in Romans chapter 6, being crucified, buried, put to death, raised again with Christ. In Romans 6, Paul even says, Because of Christ's resurrection, you being united with him, you may indeed begin to walk about in newness of life. But notice that's not by your decision, your power, your strength. It's all by God's gift to you in holy baptism. So if we look at Colossians chapter 3, I'm going to point out how these things that Paul says that we should be doing cannot be done by us as though baptism is merely a symbol of our own willpower. It is no stinking symbol. It is the power of God. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Try that on your own. Our old nature has not been raised with Christ, but remains one foot in the grave. How in any sense can any logical person say he's been raised with Christ unless you go back to chapter 2? The reality is for you, in baptism, you were buried and raised with Christ. If you believe that reality of which Paul is talking, there's the beginning of a new life of love and thanksgiving back to God. Since this is the case, Paul says, set your hearts, literally continue to be setting your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not, literally not at all, not even once, on earthly things or you have died. Now, sometimes you may not feel real good in the morning. Mark Twain once went to England to receive a special commendation from, I think it was Oxford, and around him were statues of all of the great English writers going back hundreds of years. He gazed at the statues of all of the wonderful English writers and he said to that august body, My friends, I see before me the great lights of English literature and I notice one thing about them all. They're all dead. And I myself, I'm not feeling so great this morning either. Paul is not talking about this kind of death, but this death that takes away all the power of sin. Scripture elsewhere says that in that Christ was put to death for our sins, he was raised for our justification, that God declares us innocent, sinless, free. Yes, indeed, we have died, and baptism has done it to us, but we died with Christ. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. As far as Paul is concerned, the old way of life is hidden away, like you'd hide a dead body away. That's the reality. Death, spiritual death to the old nature, now sets us free so that we are now hidden with Christ in God. And when is this going to change? Then Christ, who is your life, when he appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Christ, who is, right now, your life. Your new spiritual life is now united with Christ Jesus because of baptism. And you are enabled to begin to live that new life by that faith in the risen Lord Jesus. Not by faith in self. Not by faith in good works that you think you're doing. Not by your own reason or strength. That's not in here. You have new life by faith in the Son of God who died and rose again for you. Then he goes into all these things put to death, therefore, what belongs to your earthly nature. How is that possible? It's because you died with Christ in baptism and were raised again. And then he gives this terrible laundry list of all sorts of God-awful things. Sexual sins, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, idolatry. We used to walk in those things, says Paul. But now we begin to walk differently because of the blessing of baptism. But now you must rid yourself of all of these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, foul language from your lips, not lying to one another, since you have taken off or stripped away your old self or your old nature. And again, when did that happen? How did it happen? It truly happened for you in the waters of baptism. All of these things that Paul outlines in Colossians chapter 3, all of this ethics, this new life, and by the way, it goes on into chapter 4, describing the new life, describing such things as Christian marriage life, Christian forgiveness. All of these come to us as God's gift in holy Baptism. So some of you are saying at this point, yeah, so, isn't there something I'm supposed to do? How do I begin this thing? Do I just will that I don't want to do these things? Your will, our sinful nature, has no ability to do any of these things. Someone else is living within you. It is Christ Jesus. He's the one that brings you up every morning to walk about in newness of life. So when you wake up in the morning and make the sign of the cross, don't just remember the event long ago, but the blessings that are coming today. Jesus is the one who will raise you up out of death into newness of life. Believe it. Don't look for some feeling inside. Just simply trust that your power for a new life is not by you, but by the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that in baptism there's a promise that these changes can begin to take place. This is not to say you won't sin. Remember, we're like old moths that keep coming to the flame. But it does mean that sin is not in charge. We have died to it. And so now in Christ, through holy baptism, we begin to live a new life. Amen. And the peace of God that passes understanding will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.